This is Pat Salter with another edition of the Dr. Lazen on the radio. And uh, we have a really exciting program uh, for you today because we have with us uh, Jared Hyman, who's the founder of a really interesting company called CrowdNet. Now, we've all gotten used to the idea of crowdfund and a little bit to the idea of crowdsourcing ideas, but what CrowdMed is up to is crowdsourcing diagnoses for patients who have complex, difficult-to-diagnose medical problems. A little bit about Jared. Um, he is a serial entrepreneur. I can say that now because he started his first company in college, um, and uh, that company, InfoServe, um, has gone from a zero to over $20 million in cumulative revenue. And even though he's the founder of CrowdMed, he is still running InfoServe. So um, we have a really busy entrepreneur here. And uh, he was formerly a consultant at David Company and smart guy graduated magna cum laude from the University of Texas at um, Austin with majors in business honors and marketing. So welcome, Jared. Um, uh, what I wanted to do here today is to have you tell us um, really what what is CrowdMed? What was the genesis of it? Why do we need to crowdsource? medical diagnoses. I'm, I'm, I'm a doc. I thought you should just, you know, pay me and I'll give you the diagnosis. Inspiration. I'll start with the inspiration behind CrowdMed. Uh, my sister Carly spent three years with a chronic undiagnosed medical condition. Uh, over that period, she saw almost two dozen different doctors uh, she racked up over six figures in medical bills. Um, she tried over a dozen different medications, none of which were really hitting the root cause of her symptoms. And she had a really terrible um, experience, not only with her disease, which, which, you know, her symptoms included severe depression, anxiety, weight gain. She had to drop out of school um, and really couldn't do much for that, that three-year period, um, but also just her experience with, with the medical system. Uh, she just kind of bounced from doctor to doctor, and nobody could figure out what was going on. She saw all these different specialists, and they weren't really communicating or coordinating with one another. And everyone was just kind of uh, acting within their own specialty and kind of saying things through their own lens, but no one was able to get to the root causes of her disease. And, you know, she had a rare disease. It turns out she had something called FXPOI, or fragile X-associated primary ovarian insufficiency, um, which even a lot of doctors haven't heard of before. It only affects about 1 in 15,000 people. And um, just the medical system really let her down and talked to other people who have had um, uh, rare or difficult to diagnose conditions. They're often let down as well. So, you know, at the same time that my sister was going through this, I had been studying this phenomenon called the wisdom of crowds. And this is a, a theory that's actually been studied, studied in academic circles for many years. And it's a theory that, that large groups of people can often collectively be much smarter than individual experts. And, you know, I, I, my thought was, well, if crowds are so wise, why is our medical system relying solely on individual experts that we call doctors to solve tough cases? Maybe there's a place for, for crowds to get involved and for collective wisdom to, to lead patients like my sister closer to their correct diagnosis and cure. And that was really the inspiration. You know, 
And so you, you answered a very interesting uh, question that I've often pondered over. When I was in training, the way you get trained to live an apprenticeship and the way you do diagnoses are through mechanisms where you uh, consult with uh, lots of your colleagues, which appears. We have residents report every day. We have ground, ground rounds where cases get uh, discussed amongst, you know, lot, lot, lots of docs. So, um, although we didn't bring in people besides physicians, we, we did, in a sense, um, use the wisdom of the crowd, the crowd being made up of all docs. But then, as you said, when people go out into practice, by and large, they end up out there you know, in their own office with the door closed trying to figure it out all by themselves. So it makes a lot of sense to me what, uh, what, you're, what you're doing. So um, tell me a little bit about how you how you built this company. What um, what were the what were the steps you had to take from going from your, your sister's problem to uh, to what you have today? Well, you know, it's not my first time building a technology company, so um, I, I've got the process down. Um, you know, in Crown, this case, with any business, it, it begins with an inspiration, and you know, every entrepreneur, it's a lot of work starting a company. It's risky. Uh, not only financially, but also in terms of your, your reputation, which, you know, for an entrepreneur, it's your most important asset. So, uh, you know, you really want to do it right, and, and you have to have, first of all, the internal passion to really want to make this idea a reality, because it's a, it's a long and sometimes lonely road. Um, and then, you know, once you have the inspiration, the, the next step is to go out and, and um, bet the idea. In the case of CrowdMed, in the early, the first few months, I was on the phone talking to Everyone I knew in the medical industry to get their feedback on it and get their thoughts on what was good about the idea, what I still needed to work on. Um, we then started developing a prototype of the website. And this prototype we actually tested uh, with my sister's case, um, interestingly enough. And it was a fairly rough version of the technology, but it was still good enough to actually uh, produce the correct diagnosis for her, which really was, blew us out of the water. Um, you know, we knew that there was theoretical underpinnings to this, and that this wisdom of crowds approach to medical diagnosis might work, but we didn't know that it actually would work until we had our first successful validation case, which was actually based upon my sisters, and in just a few weeks, our crowd came up with, with the same diagnosis that had taken her doctor several years, and it happened because but, of this collective wisdom. We had lots of people collaborating all at once and bringing their diverse knowledge and insights to the table. Well, that's, that's, so, that's very interesting. I have been on your site, and I did do the test cases, and I actually went over and did some of the uh, some of the real cases. So your technology, you, you don't have AI. You're not uh, presenting algorithms that come up with a diagnosis, right? You're, you've really built a platform, if I understand it correctly, that allows you to interact with the case and, uh, and eventually with the patient. And then, and then to propose my diagnosis or to agree with what some of the other um, uh, diagnoses are that have already been submitted. Do, do I have that right? That's right. So all of the intelligence on our site is human intelligence. Um, none of our answers are derived at algorithmically. Now, what our technology does is it aggregates those diverse human opinions into a single result, or, or we concentrate that into... Um, assigning probabilities to all the different diagnostic suggestions so the patient doesn't just get a list of diagnoses or a list of possibilities, rather they get a very ordered, structured set of information that says, you know, according to our crowd's consensus, your most likely diagnosis is this. 
your most likely solution is this. You know, here's the second and third and fourth options as well. And um, so, so our job or the job of our technology is to really aggregate all of these diverse human opinions and converge them into uh, a signal that or a, some information that is useful to the patient. Um, okay. And uh, so how well are you doing? How do you know that the diagnoses that the crowd comes up with are the final diagnosis? Does the patient go off to uh, – you know, a specialist see somebody in person, they say, shows them the diagnosis, they do whatever confirmatory tests they need to do, um, and then and then do, they, do the patients let you know, hey, you know, actually, diagnosis number one was what I had. That, that's, that's exactly it. So the way our process works is after a case has been on the site for um, long enough to gather enough opinions, which is usually around two months, then uh, the patient gets a report a PDF format report that they can print out and take with them to their physician or physicians and discuss their results with, with the doctors. And we make very clear that we are not practicing medicine. Uh, we don't view it as our job to provide a definitive diagnos- diagnosis or treatment plan, but rather to provide a short list of insightful diagnostic and solution suggestions that the patient should discuss with their doctor. And then after the patient has had their doctor's visit, had a chance to discuss the discussion results and hopefully run some diagnostic tests as a result of the uh, insightful suggestions or um, information they gathered from the site, then we ask them to report back to us with, you know, what was the best answer they received and ultimately what is their confirmed diagnosis. And though we've only been live for about a year now, uh, we have already run over 200 cases, about 230 cases. Uh, through the system, and uh, we're, we're proud that 80% of our patients tell us that their top diagnostic suggestions were found to be accurate. So all in all, I think we're providing really good um, answers to our patients. Well, that's interesting. So uh, are you planning on, is this, is this data that you could uh, publish, that you could submit to a peer-reviewed journal, which is the way that other doctors find out, the other clinicians find out about what you're up to and start to establish trust? You know, we'd love to. Maybe we had an inquiry from a university who um, who talked about uh, doing that for us and kind of uh, overseeing a clinical trial, if you will. Um, uh, you know, we're 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 uh, it's not the kind of thing we could sort of pay for because we're just focused on building the tech. Um, you know, we're an early stage technology firm and uh, don't have a lot of revenue to speak of. Um, but uh, if if there's a partner out there who wants to partner with us and help us run some formal validation, we we'd love to talk with them. And tell me just a little bit about this vetting. I, I know that I can I, I came up with and well I gotta tell you, some of those cases were really hard. Um, and I came up with my diagnoses and then I was offered the opportunity to to bet money on it and then to win some points. What's what's all that about it? Does that play a role in your algorithm that that, that ends up generating the probabilities of the diagnosis? Uh well there's point betting. Uh, we don't have uh, money betting. So we would never ask you as a medical detective for your credit card information. You would never bet any of your own money on the site, although you can win cash rewards by winning points. And um, the cash rewards are, are, are provided by the patient as an incentive for medical detectives to, to try to solve their case. So that will be free that for a medical detective standpoint, it's completely free to register. We'll never ask you for your credit card information or any, any type of money at all. Um, and the way the algorithm works is we use point betting as a way of, of measuring 
the popularity around different diagnostic and solution suggestions. So when you join the site as a medical detective, you're given a quantity of points, a finite number of points, that you can bet across a finite number of cases, and uh, you, can, you can only win points and cash awards by betting on what turns out to be the best answer. So it's entirely performance-based. Um, you're, you're not compensated for your time. You're compensated for your performance. And by betting on what turns out to be the best answer, and that way we, and that's first of all, our algorithm uses to assign probability to different diagnoses, looking at that aggregate point betting behavior, and it also provides an incentive for medical detectives to participate. Who are these medical detectives? Um, are they are they doctors? I, I see that you have an ambassador program for medical students. Who who, who are the people who participated in these 203 cases? So the majority of our medical detectives either work in or study medicine. So usually about 60 or 65% of our active detectives, uh, you know, do work in or study medicine. Those could be physicians, uh, med school students. We have a lot of retired physicians, actually, who participate on the site. Um, it could be uh, nurses and nurse practitioners and chiropractors and nutritionists. We really welcome people from a wide variety of medical backgrounds because each of, each of the different types of detectives bring their own information and their own biases. Um, so, you know, we think just uh, board-certified Western-trained medical doctors might have certain biases that um, that, that uh, we want to balance out with other biases that maybe a nutritionist might have or a nurse or even a med student who has, you know, very kind of fresh, recent academic knowledge but perhaps not as much clinical experience. So we want to cast that pretty wide. Um, and then those participants on our site who are not medical detectives are usually other patients and other patients who have had particular diseases. And one thing we found is that, particularly in the case of rare diseases, a patient who has lived with that disease often knows more about it than the vast majority of medical professionals. So, for example, my sister knows way more about FXPOI than almost any doctor you can find because she lived with it for three years, and it's a rare disease. So we welcome those insights as well. Yeah, I think I think that's brilliant because uh, it, it really is true that, you know, physicians can only hold so much in their head, and their motivation to learn about a really rare condition is, you know, just not there. I may spend time if I have, if I have the time, first of all, and have a patient who has it, but your sister and other patients who are facing these complicated, rare, hard-to-diagnose conditions have the ultimate um, motivation. So I, I, I think that... Um, the way you put this together is really is really quite brilliant. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about uh, your business model, um, how you make money. And first of all, I want to congratulate you. I see that you've uh, got some pretty prestigious uh, VCs who've invested in the company. So tell us a little bit about the about the money side of things. Sure. Um, and yes, you know we're a venture back startup and. Um, right now, uh, you know, we're, we're burning investor cash until we can um, start cash flowing on our own. Um, we've been fortunate to be backed by some of the best investors, uh, venture capital firms in, in Silicon Valley, um, which we take as great validation for our concept and great vote of confidence for, for our team. Um, in terms of how we make money or how we plan to make money, uh, we have 
three different sources of revenue on the site. And they're all, I should mention, come from the patient. We've been really careful to avoid um, advertising or, or any any type of revenue stream that would uh, take our eye off of our patients. We want our patients to, to be our number one customer and for us to be first and foremost focused on, on what they need and, and not to be distracted by other customers' uh, needs or, um, or motivations. So... On the site, uh, our first source of revenue is a patient can offer a cash reward. Uh, as, I mentioned, as I mentioned before, most of that goes to the medical detectives who help solve their case, but we take 10% of that as commission. So if a patient offers a you know, $200 cash reward, $20 of that goes to the company. Uh, we also have an expert case review service, which is optional. It's a $99 optional service where a patient can have uh, one of our medical experts review their case before it goes live on the site. And that just helps assure case quality because since our cases are patient provided as opposed to practitioner provided, you know, they can vary in the quality of the write-up. So we do like, we do encourage patients to, to have a medical expert review it and help edit it before it goes live. So our medical detectives, you know, have a nice, clear, easy to understand case using the right medical terminology and, and so forth. As and a then medical the expert third, trying to diagnose it, the, the medical expert trying to diagnose it, or they're just there to help be sure that the write-up contains all, all, you know, all of the information that it should? Just in the write-up, because we really want to rely upon the crowd, the collective wisdom of the crowd, to actually help with the diagnostic and solution suggestions. Um, you know, we are trying to move away from that model of, of individual experts and towards a model of collective intelligence. So, um, you know, we, we want to keep that part of the back here and, and just have them involved in helping, you know, write up the case. Um, and then quickly, the, the third option or the third revenue stream is we do charge a $50 refundable deposit uh, for patients who submit their case. So even though we do have a free case submission option, even though the patients who submit their case for free, we collect $50 from them up front, and we refund that at the end of the process. But, but we collect that to make sure that the patient is engaged throughout the process and at the end, they actually tell us what their best answers were. And once they tell us the best answers they received, we return their deposit, and we, but we need that information so that we can reward our medical detective community appropriately. And you don't uh, require them to report back to you what their final diagnosis was from an outside physician before you do the refund? You know, we used to. When we first launched the site, we uh, wouldn't return their deposit until they actually told us a confirmed diagnosis. Um, but the problem was it was just taking way too long um, because, you know, they might have to schedule multiple appointments, have multiple tests run. You know, it could be six months sometimes or 12 months before they actually get a confirmed diagnosis. Um, so and our medical detectives are, meanwhile, uh, waiting in limbo with their point up in the case and waiting on an answer. So we moved from that model to a kind of best answer model where instead we just ask the patient to discuss the results with their doctor, tell us the best answer they received, and we use that information to cash out the case as opposed to waiting on a, on a, on a medically confirmed diagnosis, which can take much longer. And, and what, uh, what has been um, your reception in the, in the medical community, not, not from the medical detectives, I'm, I'm assuming they're bought into it because they're participating in the process, but um, 
you know, have you had any phone calls from, from angry physicians who are taking care of these patients saying, what are you guys doing, or, or is it all about kudos? <laughs> no, we haven't had any, any, any no angry phone calls yet, um, or emails for that matter. Um, we really haven't had any negative feedback from, from, from practitioners, um, at least not that I've seen. Um, uh, so I will say the reception in general has been good. Um, you know, I'll say that physicians in general often view information that a patient finds online with skepticism because they're accustomed to patients coming to their office with a long printout of, of, of diagnoses or, 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 or um, information that might not even be relevant to their case. You have to spend time explaining to the patient why, you know, this and that is, is wrong. But crowded results are something much different. So what we have is not just a, a random printout of information. We have the consensus opinion of dozens of medical experts on what's wrong with the patient. And these are very well thought out, intelligent, insightful suggestions um, and well backed up as well because we also ask detectives to explain why they think a certain diagnosis is correct. And although we do, of course, because of the openness of our site, we do occasionally get poor diagnostic suggestions, the bad ones never make it to the top of our list because the ones that are, you know, number one or number two or number three or number four diagnostic suggestion, they had to get a pretty high degree of consensus to get there. And the crowd as a whole does not support bad answers. Um, so our results are very high quality, and, and that tends to get us a lot of buy-in from the medical community. Well, you know, doctors are really competitive when it comes to this kind of stuff. And when I was working my way through the through the test projects, I was actually going and Googling all the symptoms and the, the lab tests and so forth so, so I could come in at least kind of close to what the right diagnosis was, even though I was an emergency physician and some of those things that, uh, the, that the folks had were not things that I had actually taken care of. So um, I want to ask you, what do you think is next? Do you envision, this is clearly something that I think falls uh, rightfully into the disruptive uh, technology, and we're all looking for these technologies to transform healthcare. Um, do you see your site becoming the place that people go first? Is this, uh, is this a way for people to get a crowdsourced second opinion? Where, where do you think you're going to fit into the healthcare ecosystem? Yeah, it's a great question, and we think a lot about that because we, we want to have a clear vision of what our place is in the healthcare ecosystem, you know, what is the end goal for us, and, and we have some, some, some thoughts on that. So, first of all, we, we want to remain uh, a, 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 an alternative to the traditional system. We're not looking to replace doctors. Uh, we think well, doctors will always be necessary to provide definitive diagnoses and to prescribe the appropriate treatment, and for that matter, to, to have that relationship that patients need. Now, patients need, need the care of a, of a real human being that they can meet with face-to-face, -face, and we don't think that's going to change. What we view our role as is providing, uh, I guess you could say second opinion, but really it's more like a second through 50th opinion <laughs> because we get, we get so many medical detectives involved in a case. Now, our average patient has several dozen medical detectives involved. As I mentioned before, the, the majority of them are, are medical professionals. So it's, it, it's a, a second opinion is a bit of an understatement. Um, but, but that is our role is to provide a supplement to what the, to what the patient can, can get from, their, can get from their, their primary doctor 
and also a supplement to what they can find themselves online. But we think we can combine the, 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 the strengths of the patient's two alternatives. So they get the human touch or they get the, um, the, the human intelligence of, of seeing a medical professional mixed with the speed and the convenience and the low cost of the Internet. So uh, we think we can kind of combine the best of those two alternatives. But, again, that's always necessary for defensive diagnoses and treatment. But, you know, if you look at the cost-saving side, our average patient has incurred over $50,000 in medical expenses by the time they submit their case to our site. But as you observe, these are very tough cases. You know, these, these are not cold and flus. These are people that have been sick for an average of six years. They've seen an average of eight physicians. Um, and, and they're still coming up kind of without definitive answers. So right now, we're an alternative place for them to go. So you know, when, when a patient is run out of options and they've, you know, they've seen eight doctors and they've spent hundreds of hours researching it online and they still don't have answers, we're an alternative place for them to go. And if you look at the statistics, you know, 5% of all medical patients consume about 50% of the total country's healthcare uh, expenditures. And that's literally 10% of our GDP. So there are 5% of patients out there that are, that are incurring medical costs that compose 10% of the, of the nation's entire GDP, and we can reduce that dramatically by helping bring those patients to a correct diagnosis and treatment plan much sooner than they can get from bouncing on the medical system. So, so that's our plan. And I, um, I'm wondering if you've had any conversations with uh, with the insurance companies or other payers or even the employers. Um, the fact that you are addressing the segment of the population that is, uh, you know, the most costly and, and, and the most difficult to get to a resolution, it seems to me you would be really attractive to, um, you know, to some of the large insurers. Have you had those conversations? You know, we're just now getting on their on their radar screens. I in fact, I just had a call this morning with a, a large insurer on the East Coast who had reached out to us because um, you know they were intrigued by our, our value proposition, and um, we talked about potentially doing a pilot with them. So, you know, I do think in the long term, you know, to be honest, our customers could very well turn into uh, insurance companies and self-insured corporations, and you know, maybe even you know Medicare and Medicaid one day. Um, because those are the ones who have the most to gain financially from from our system. Um, you know, we started with direct to patient because uh, you know, those are the, the our early adopters. So, you know, we, there's no bureaucratic hurdles to overcome. There's no long sales cycle. You know, patient can just you know at their own free will submit their case to our site and start getting answers right away. But I do suspect in the longer term uh, we can be doing a lot of work in partnership with um, with other third parties, but always, of course, staying focused on, on the patient's uh, best interest. Uh, so in this case, I think that the patient's best interest and the payer's best interest are quite aligned, which is to get that patient a correct diagnosis and cure as, as quickly as possible. Well, that's great. That's everybody's goal to try and get all of those misaligned incentives uh, aligned, and it sounds like um, it sounds like you've done it at least with some of the stakeholders. I want to uh, finish up here by having you uh, tell me just a few words about yourself and a few words about your team. I did have a chance to see some uh, photographs of you on uh, and your team on the website, and you just look like you're having a great time. Who 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 are you, and who are your team members? 
<laughs> well, you know, we, we did. I mean, you know, we're there's just four of us right now full time, so we're we're still a very small team. You know, we, we kind of feel like like David taking on Goliath because we're we're really trying to disrupt the you know the the, the, the nation's single largest industry, and with just a handful of people and you know a couple million dollars in, in venture financing. Um, but uh, you know, we, we're small, we're tight knit. We've got myself, and I kind of act as a product visionary. So I determine the direction of how the product and the business will evolve. Uh, we also have uh, my two co-founders, Axel and Jessica. Axel is an engineer, so he writes all the code on the site. And he is absolutely brilliant. And Jessica is our graphic designer and a user interface person who determines the look and feel of the site, and how it's going to, you know, the interactive elements. So she's the one that makes the site beautiful and usable. And then uh, finally, we recently hired uh, Thomas, who acts as our VP of marketing, and he's the one who helps us get the word out and, and try and grow our, our patient and medical detective communities. Well, you've really accomplished a lot for a small team, and I find it very interesting that um, you're all on the technical side and not on the medical side. Um, are you think eventually you'll add some clinicians to your staff? Well, I, I should have mentioned it. Um, we also have a gentleman named Dr. Greg Denari, who is in our medical advisor. So uh, Greg is not on the staff full-time, but he is a retired uh, Kaiser Permanent Day a primary care physician with uh, decades of, of, of active experience, and you know, he's seen many thousands of patients over his career. And uh, he's also served as an adjunct professor at Stanford, and um, he's been involved in the, in the education side as well. And uh, Dr. Denari provides us with, uh, with medical opinions and insights. Um, so when we have a medical question, we go to him. And uh, he's also a, a very avid user of the site. He's been several hours, several hours on the site every day as a medical detective, which is actually how we initially found him. So he gives us a lot of feedback on how we can improve the site from a medical standpoint. Um, we don't have any clinicians on the board full time because we're not really involved in solving cases. You know, our our job is to build technology, so that's why we're all technologists. But, uh, okay, we well, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to wrap it up here, Jared. We're, we're, we're just about out of time. I could talk to you for another hour and a half. Um, and I do want to urge all the listeners to go and check out, um, your website, www.crowdnet.com. And anybody who's so inclined, sign up to be a medical detective. You might really make a difference in someone's life. Thank you very much, Jared, for um, spending time with us and for your 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 vision uh, and your team's vision of CrowdNet. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity.